Blog Talk Radio. Hi, it's Jules Shepard. I'm here on Blog Talk Radio to talk about all things gluten-free, and I'm really happy today to have one of my dear friends, Chef Aaron Flores, with me. We are going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff with gluten-free, but specifically because we're lucky enough to have Aaron here, talk about lots of restaurant things. There's lots of questions out there. People want to know if they can eat at restaurants or how do they eat safely at restaurants, and Aaron is the man to talk to. So I want to welcome you, Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you for having me, Jules. It's going to be lots of fun. <laughs> it always is when you're around. <laughs> Aaron, for those of you who don't know, Aaron was also um, – integral part of our one and one three three world's tallest gluten-free cake event we actually had it at the embassy suites washington dc convention center which is where aaron is the executive chef now he's been there for four years right yep four years yeah and they were gracious enough to let us have the event there and we built this massive cake and aaron and i were up till four thirty in the morning frosting it and um it was it was a good time it will be something i won't forget um soon <laughs> It was a lot of fun, and it was a great cause. And, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I just wanted to build a cake. <laughs> I know, but i got to tell you, Aaron, the funniest thing about the whole night, and we were getting punchy as it got later, but the funniest thing was when you looked over at me over this tower of cake that you were frosting, and you said, well, now I can cross this off my bucket list. And I said, what? And you said, building the world's tallest gluten for cake. It was on my bucket list. Yeah, it <laughs> was. <laughs> See, if you had told me that years ago when I met you, it would have saved a lot of, of aggravation in the in the interim. You know, I think we could have gotten there much faster. Well, I, I also would like to do the world's tallest enchilada, if you're game. Oh, world's not tallest tall, enchilada? <laughs> like, that would be interesting. No, the longest enchilada, I'm totally game. Yeah, sign me up. I'm I got totally game for that. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm there, I'm in. Well, let's just talk, um, for those people who don't know you as well as I do, which I'm assuming is most people, um, but let's talk about, you know, how you got involved in gluten-free. You've been in the gluten-free industry for a long time now. How many years would you say? Um, probably about 15 to 18 years, I wow. would say. and how did that all come to pass? Well, actually, uh, I, I fell into it. Like most people do, they kind of fall into things. Um, you know, I at, at, a few years back, I, I was a sous chef at a place called Disney's California, Grand Californian Hotel. It's, Somebody uh, might have heard of that. I mean, Disney yeah, and all, you know. Next to a park, um, was it Disneyland, I think? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, what happened there is there was a restaurant called Storyteller Cafe, and I, again, like I was the sous chef there, and I had a little girl come up to me. I was out front, and she was tugging on my apron, and she told me, my mama told me to find the man in the big, tall, white hat if I get hungry. And I'm like, okay. And what happened was she was explaining to me, she had what we call a restaurant card from the Gluten Intolerance Group of North America. She handed me that card and said that I can't eat these things. I'm hungry, and my grandma ran out of food, and I'm really, really hungry, and we're going home. Can't you help me? You see a little girl tell you that, what are you going to do? You're going to find out how you can help this little girl. So what ended up happening was I sat down with her and her grandmother, and it was that story that we hear so much about now, where we had a, a grandmother who had packed a large bag of food. She had run out of food um, for, you know, that she didn't know where to get some stuff. She needed to have, you know, something, as he, she explained, without wheat, rye, barley, or oats. So we did a meal for her. I believe it was uh, grilled chicken and a vegetable 
with a roasted potato, very crude for what the, what we can do these days, but for what uh, information she was telling me and for never having to deal with the uh, with the idea before, I think it was a pretty good first start. Uh, and what ended up happening is uh, we made a meal for them. We packed a meal for them. They were going on to the airplane. So it was the days before all the TSA hubbub. So I put my business card in, please let them take this food on. She has a food allergy, and she needs to have this so she can go home. So what ended up happening there is they left me the the the, the restaurant card. So I started going on the Internet, and I looked at gluten-free on the Internet. Thank you, Google. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I came up with Gluten-Free Living Magazine was having a conference in San Diego, California, which was literally a stone's throw away from me, maybe 45 minutes from where I was, and they were having it this weekend. I'm like, I got to go. So I called them up, got a last-minute thing, found an American Express card from Disney, and, you know, paid for my way to go hear what was happening. Um, so they let me off for the day. It was very funny. It was, a, it was a Friday, and it started, I believe, like at 11 or 12. So I was in the restaurant. Oh, I opened the place for breakfast. And, in, you know, Disney does a lot of breakfast. Maybe, you know, you might do 1,000, 2,000 people, more, 3,000, who knows. So I realized, oh, man, I need to get to San Diego. So I left, and I got in my car, and I drove down the 5 Freeway, Anybody who lives in California knows about the 5 Freeway. Yeah. And went out to this hotel by uh, by the beach in San Diego. I came walking in, and I had I didn't really realize I had my Disney chef's uniform on with the storyteller on the side and the Mickey Mouse, and um, people were looking at me funny. And I didn't really notice, but I was walking to the front of the ballroom. And when I was growing up, my mother and father always told me, go to the front of the room if you want to learn something right. Right. So I'm walking to the front, and I sit down, still noticing all these people looking at me. And this woman uh, sitting next to me, red-haired woman, very nice lady, says to me, she oh, who are you? And I told her who I was, and I'm from Disneyland, and, you know, I want to learn about, you know, what's going on with this gluten-free thing. I don't know much about it, but I'm here to learn. And she said to me, well, give me a minute, and a little bit I'll come back and we can talk. But i got to go up, up front and talk. And it was Carol Finster. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh-huh. Somebody who knows Carol Fenster, you know, uh, you know, it was a, it was a real treat. I met the right person first out the bat. But I will yeah, tell you, yeah, she's super sweet too. So she would take you by the hand and show you whatever you needed. And I'll tell you, it was that little girl that started everything off, that started me doing the things that I've done over the last 18 years of being in this industry for the gluten-free community. We have never found this little girl. We didn't catch names. We made food, we, we had fun, but we've always tried to find her, and we just can't find her or the grandmother. So if anybody is familiar with that story and might shed some light on that, that would be great to hear. Wow, that that would be pretty neat to be able to find her after these many years and let her know that you she pretty much launched your career in gluten-free and how many people you've touched because of that. Now, you took this information back to Disney, and what did you do with it? What were you able to, to do with you know all of the learnings that you had and, and the tools that you were armed with at the card and, and learning from this family about what their needs were? Well, I'll tell you, being at that one conference, we certainly – met a number of people, I met families especially, who showed me firsthand what the need was and how serious it was. Um, 
and, 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 you know, Disney teaches us to be people who help. And this was a great way for, you know, chefs to help. There was this, you know, thing going on. I didn't know what to call it then. It was a, a disease. Was it an intolerance? Was it a lifestyle? I didn't know at the time. But all I knew was I was the cure as a chef. I could help yeah. do something that would make an impact on people's lives. So we went for it. So what we literally did is I blind called every gluten-free company I could get my hands on, everybody. There's probably some people out there who will be listening to this thing. I remember they called me, and I didn't believe it. I would call, uh-huh. and I would tell them, I'm Aaron Flores. So I'm sous chef for the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel. I work for the Walt Disney Company. I'm interested in your company to provide some gluten-free products for my company. Couldn't we talk about some samples and what your what your company has to offer? And I would either get someone enthusiastically saying, oh, my goodness, or get the hang-up. <laughs> and it wasn't yeah, right. Disney's on me. Be what I was saying, right? You know, but we did lots of things. I had a gentleman there who was my apprenticing chef named Bill Orton. He is the chef that is in charge of allergies and special events for the resort, and he he helped me. He let me grow. He let me do the things. He let me try stuff. We would literally call all the vendors that made a hamburger bun to try to find out who had the best hamburger bun, mm-hmm. who had the best brownie, who had the best cookie. And, and back I mean, then, there weren't a lot of choices. You know, in those days, there there wasn't and there was. And some of the things we decided to make on our own, but that's a yeah. later thing, you know. In the beginning, we were just trying to find ready-to-use product or mixes mm-hmm. that we could use to get us started. Um, and it was something that we did in, in only that one restaurant, and we did it in a space that was designated for, you know, gluten-free at the time. And, you know, we were addressing the cross-contamination issues um, even before we put out plates. Um, a lot of that thought, thought process got put in there. And what ended up happening was I leaned a lot on gluten-free pantry in the very beginning, Kinnikinick Foods in the very beginning. Um, I'll tell you, um, Beth Hilson's stuff, it was very good things. I was collecting uh, Bet Hagman books and collecting um, as many cookbooks as I could and reading and reading because they never covered this kind of stuff in school. And like I said, I used to get on the uh, Internet and the phone and order stuff from Gluten-Free Pantry, and I would order, you know, six six of this and 12 of that and three of this. And one time I ordered one of everything off the entire catalog and had it sent to I'm me just so happy. I could... Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Beth Hilson um, started Gluten-Free Pantry several years ago and um, ended up selling to Glutino. So Glutino now also has the Gluten-Free Pantry line of baking mixes that um, Chef Aaron is talking about right now. And Beth is actually going to be my guest next week on um, the Blog Talk Radio Show. So um, she's a sweetie, and she does have great stuff. So it's great you got hooked up with her early on. Well, you know, I tell you, um, she is a personal hero of my of mine, and I said it at the one in thirty three uh, dot event. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, they were having a show at the Anaheim Convention Center, a food show, and I heard that Gluten Free Pantry was going to be at the show, and the Disneyland the hotels, theme parks are literally across the street from the convention center. So I remember going over there, bribing a guy who had to just to have his Airmark card for like 10 minutes so I could sneak into the convention center, find the gluten-free pantry booth, and invite Beth Hilson to my restaurant storyteller so she could come and see what we were doing. 
And you know, I think the statute of limitations has run on the crimes that were committed to let you get into that. <laughs> it has. <laughs> I'm telling you, the guy that I borrowed the, the um, got a good sweet 20 spot, so I think he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he recovered nicely. <laughs> yeah. But I remember. So, and um, then you, re- you got to Beth, and what happened? Well, I um, actually got to some of the people who do sales for her. She wasn't mm-hmm. at the booth at the time, but they came to the restaurant that evening. She brought me a cookbook and a signed bag, and so we sat down and we broke five or six courses together. And, you know, it helped really solidify um, what I was doing. You know, we hadn't really served too many gluten-free meals at that time, but we were just starting to do it, and, and we we had an idea. And it was great to sit down with her and to get some input on how to do the product that she was selling better. And, you know, all the time we were already taking care of the cross-contamination issues using separate pans, separate knives, a separate workstation. I mean, Disney had the ability to do that sort of stuff, so it became very easy. Um, In the long run, though, uh, the restaurant became one where if we made a new item on the menu normally, we had a gluten-free alternative. We did everything from pancakes to cinnamon rolls to bread. You name it, we did it. Pizzas, that sort of stuff. So it became a really good thing. And now, um, you know, we did a beta version that we were, you know, picking the, the hamburger bun that would go in all the QSRs and the parks and the restaurants. And it's continuing to be a great program now. Um, yeah, I actually did, did an article about it on my blog just when I was traveling there earlier this year. Um, it's, you know, restaurants in general have come so far, but Disney is just really a leader in you know, everything customer service related. And it was astounding to me just even the difference, Aaron, between Disney and Universal in terms of the gluten-free options that were available and how many restaurants offered how many things that were safe or modifications that were safe for people living gluten-free at the Disney complexes. And honestly, I really think, you know, you were one of the, the pioneers in that and really opening everyone's eyes in the Disney world, and everyone looks to Disney to say, oh, what are they doing? And Maybe we should be doing it, too. So for that, sure. we all have to thank you. Sure, I was a kid with a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> you were the kid with a crazy idea. And you know what? Those are the kids that really make the waves, um, yeah. and we appreciate that. But even since Disney, and you you know, obviously left Disney at some point, and you have kind of taken that show on the road, so to speak. You've taken your mission to bring safe, gluten-free food to hotel and restaurant guests um, at every place that you've been. I mean, I've, I've visited you in Chicago, and now you're in Washington at the Embassy Suites D.C. Convention Center, and you have implemented gluten-free menus. You've trained chefs. I mean, could you talk a little bit more about that and what the programs are that you share with others and how you, you know, really sort of educate people all along the, the way? Sure. Um, you know, right now at the current place um, here at the Embassy Suites, we offer a gluten-free menu. We offer also gluten-free happy hour. Um, it's in conjunction with the National Children's Medical Center, Celiac Research Center, and they're a great partner for us here. And, we, mm-hmm. you know, we get anywhere between 70 and 110 people for a gluten-free happy hour, so it's cool, cool to do. Um, we also uh, have been working on gluten-free weddings. And when you come to a banquet, uh, you know, you, if we're having chicken and potatoes and some other stuff, you're going to get the same thing as gluten-free. You, we ask everybody if they have a food allergy or an intolerance, but sometimes I get the folks that are uh, last-minute, and we're able to do that last-minute without, 
you know, giving us forewarning. We're we're able to do that quite well here. We did it in Chicago, and you know, we do it uh, across the country twice a year. In fact, um, I do help uh, both the Gluten Intolerance Group in North America and the Celiac Sprue Association do their annual conferences. Mm-hmm. So we help them from planning all the way to the actual, would say, execution of the food that goes down. In fact, I fell into that by accident. Yeah. Um, it, it, I was doing, um, I was talking about what Disney was doing in Oklahoma City at a Celiac Sprue Association event, an annual conference. And apparently, uh, while I was checking in, I was only going to be there for one day, was going to talk about my restaurant and go back to work in California. And what ended up happening was uh, I saw uh, Rebecca Riley and Beth Hilson putting on chef jackets, running through the lobby. They saw me and yelled, hey, Aaron, we're going to need your help back here. Check yourself in and get to the kitchen right away. Yeah. And what had happened uh, was, the unfortunately, the chef at that particular hotel had decided that he did not want to stay with the hotel. And he... Mm-hmm. Much you know, walked. It had nothing to do with the event, but you know, much to do with, I guess, their their issues there. So um, I became the chef <laughs> for yeah, you know well, the couple. There you go. And we did the we did we did the conferences. And I remember there was some things, some issues. There wasn't enough food. I know that Beth she closed part, if not all, of her booth to provide product. And I remember that they went to the nearest store and they had they were clearing shelves off. <laughs> gluten-free products. Just put it in the basket. We're gonna make yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's lots of fun, and we sat there and we literally planned out a conference in 20 minutes. And what we're gonna, what do we have? How much do we have? What are we gonna do? I did the hot food. Beth and and Rebecca did most of the baking at the time, and I, I was still, I think, in the learning stage of it. And you know, we've been doing conferences ever since. Well, and I know even when things are planned to the T and you're already in charge, sometimes things go awry, and it always seems like there's just some heat in the kitchen. And I remember when I was speaking at the Seattle gig conference a few years back, and I remember you burst through the doors and just, like, grabbed one of my bags of flour, and you're like, I need this for the soup. (laughs) It's like, okay, just take it. And it was just, it's always just something goes wrong and you just need to, you know, scramble to put it all together. But well, you always, know, when it, it works out, you know. You know, you 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 are taking the opportunity to show people how to cook in this manner and sometimes people either get it or don't. And sometimes chefs they want to know they're scared because um, they're not sure and sometimes you've got to go ahead and just, you know, teach on the spot. And yeah. sometimes, you know, they're about to do something that isn't right because they're not their teaching showed them this way. You know, they're about to make a roux and they're getting the flour. You can't use that flour. Let me get you a flour. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Some, I think that's what had happened is that whatever yeah. flour they were using wasn't thickening up right or something if so you came Sometimes I've been known to go out and grab something off one of the tables. You know, usually a, a vendor or a person I've known for a while that I know their product works, uh, that I know that it's going to work for my application and I'll go and I'll grab and we'll make this thing happen. And, uh, you know, every year we go to a different place with both groups. And we may go to a Hilton, we may go to a Sheraton, we may go to a Gaylord. And we try to, what we do is we help the catering and salespeople understand what we need, um, understand the the idea of living a gluten-free lifestyle, 
Then we get the chef involved, and we work with him or her and the pastry chefs to start to develop a menu that will work based off their own menu. So the underlying idea here is I want to provide a great gluten-free experience for people that come to the conferences, but I also want to do it based on the fact or, or the idea of what the chef is already doing. Because if I can show them that they're doing it with a change here and a change there, they can be doing gluten-free work, they'll be apt to do it, you know. Yeah, and it's something that they have experience with, and you're just making an ingredient tweak or something, and and they can retain the confidence that they have with their menu. Exactly. It's always a hard thing. You never want to go into someone else's hotel and, you know, sort of take over. Sometimes you have to, but... You know, I want to leave that place making a friend or two, uh, making another venue that can do gluten-free, even if it's on a modified level. Some folks, you know, they go through the process and they're still a little scared, and we'll come back and teach them again. Um, but we, you know, I'm there for, at conferences. You know, I'm not there to, to be in the way. I'm there to talk about food labels. I'm there to make sure the chef understands what he or she is doing. I'm there, you know, with the pastry people, you know, making sure that we're not cross-contaminating. There with the stewarding folks, making sure we're cleaning from the ceiling tiles to the floors, um, all those things. We we had a place in Arizona that did a great job for us, Westward Look Resort for CSA, and they had a separate kitchen. They cleaned their place from ceiling tiles to floors, and they changed their jackets each and every time they left that facility. So it was a really good way of doing it. You know, we've we've gotten better in the years of how we do things, and we translate that into restaurants. Sometimes I get sent to other places to help them deal with the issues that are have that they're having, whether it's in food service, whether it's in hospitals, school school sites, and sometimes hotels, and sometimes chain restaurants. Well, and Aaron, you know, you bring up a good point, and I have a question here actually from someone who is wanting to know, like, as a chef you know, what would make your life easier when a customer comes in and says, you know, I need to order gluten-free? How how does the customer relate that information to a chef who maybe isn't as aware as you are, and how is the customer sure that what they're going to get back is going to be safe for them? Like, how can you just sort of walk through what your recommendations would be for the customer coming in wanting a gluten-free meal? Oh, sure. If you go into a restaurant blind, and uh, I always have a restaurant card with you. Uh, I think a restaurant card is the first way that it makes sense to chefs. It talks in our language. Um, I think that's the first part about it. When you deal with people or servers and that sort of thing, always ask for the chef. Try to get the kitchen manager or the exec chef or the sous chef and talk to them and explain to them what you what you need. You know, um, and I think that's the most easiest way to do it. Um, unfortunately, sometimes some chefs won't be re- uh, receptive to it. Sometimes will. That's why the restaurant card is very important. I would suggest you have it in English and Spanish, and that will really That's help. A great you. idea. Yeah, that will really help to get the ball rolling. Now, I've always said this. I've been a big advocate of people going out to eat. Like I've like I've said before, if that little girl did not have the courage to come to me with a restaurant card and lay it out for me and, and, you know, please help me, I wouldn't be here. So I'm the big advocate of people having the courage to go into restaurants and and, and lending an olive branch to the chefs. We A lot of chefs don't, we're not, you know, we're looking for, you know, ways to help people. We want our food 
to be the best possible. We're passionate about what we do. And, of course, there may be one or two people out there who give, you know, chefs a bad name, you know, for certain things or certain ideas, but all chefs are not like that. We're not we're not crazy, you know, throwing things on the back kind of chefs. Today's chef is passionate about what he or she does, and we want to make people laugh and we want to make people smile. And, you know, sometimes we even make people cry. You know, I've had people, I haven't had pizza in 40 years. And they cry. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's, that is such a special feeling to have that happen and just really reinforces what we do. I mean, it, it gives you purpose when you stay up really, really late at night and work really, really hard and don't see your family as much as you'd like to. But when you have those moments, it just sort of makes it all worthwhile. Um, we have about five minutes left, Aaron, and, and if anyone does want to call in with questions, the number is 347-202-0199, and um, you can also initiate a chat on there and send questions via email, which is where I've gotten some of these questions from. So, um, Aaron, tell us what's your next endeavor. I mean, you've been you know, Disney, you've been at other hotels, you've been doing these conferences, and you're, you know, Embassy Suites now, executive chef there. And what's what's new for Aaron? What do you think you're going to be doing next? Well, we've uh, created a new company as of November. It's called I Eat What I Want Hospitality. It's mm-hmm. the world's first all-gluten-free hospitality group. Um, our, our, I don't know, our slogan is Be Amazing Every Day. Um, and what we're doing is right now we're working on product development with a number of gluten-free companies. We're working on providing our own product, and we are working on talking about. Uh, we are working on talking about a number of other things. Sorry. We're working also on. Um, yeah, the restaurant actions going in the background there. Yeah, there was a little bit of action going on. I apologize for that. We are a working kitchen. Now, we're we're working on product development. I apologize. We're working That's on right. new product lines for our own self. I have my partner, Alitra Jones. She owns iHeart Cupcakes here in D.C., and she does a great line of gluten-free cupcakes. We're also yeah, working on them. In the They're long really run. really good. They are yeah. good. We're also working in the long run on having a restaurant facility here uh, in D.C. in the D.C. area with a cupcakery. Um, we're continuing to do conferences. Um, we write books. We're working on a number of cookbooks. I'm working on a wonderful children's book with my son. He's five years old. His name is Darius. It's called Gluten-Free with Daddy and Me. It's almost Aww. done, and it's a lot of fun. I just want him. I, I don't you know, know how I, you have the time to do that, honestly. I, I mean, will. I know the hours you keep. I don't know when Darius ever gets to see you, much less help you write a book. But um, your son no, is He's five, and he talks a lot. I'm able to get the recordings done. I just want to be able to do as much of this and share as much of the joy that I've had from working in the gluten-free community with my family, and and specifically my son. I want him to enjoy uh, what Daddy does and some time for us to go ahead and do what, you know, what what the next endeavor is. So I I know that all kind of sounds... You know, kind of corny. No, no, I I buy into that completely because that's the way I feel. I mean, anything that I can learn in my life or my work that I could share and help others to not have as many hurdles, I mean, hey, I'm all for it. Um, real quickly, before we have to cut it off, um, there's been a question that came in about 
um, you know, the food card that you were talking about earlier in the show, you know, where would you get such a food card that's translated and tells the chef, you know, what your food needs are? And, and maybe you have some other ideas, too. I know you can get them um, online at various places, but on my blog, for example, blog.jewelsglutenfree.com, if you just type in restaurant cook cards, then it comes up with a PDF that you can print, and they're in five different languages, including Spanish. And it's free. And I highly recommend getting that or something else to take with you to restaurants, like you said, um, Aaron, because I think it's, it makes everybody's lives easier, and um, you can be assured that they understand what you're talking about. And I think that the translation issue is, is huge. You know, I agree with you, too. You know, I think that's a great uh Great tip for everybody. You know, free is good. We love free. Um, free is always good, yeah. <laughs> free is always good, but I encourage folks to go out there and be courageous, try new restaurants, get those cards in front of the chefs, and you'd be surprised what you get because, you know, chefs really, we're very passionate about what we're doing. And, uh, and gluten-free cooking is now considered one of the top ten trends in America right now. I laugh to myself because I remember the days when I was laughed at for wanting to do a gluten-free hamburger. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and now everybody's, you know, trying to catch up. And, you know, you've been really at the forefront of that. But the other thing I would say um, for about restaurants is when you find a restaurant that treats you well and serves you good food and it's safe, tell everybody you know because that's how chefs, really, you know, feel good about what they're doing and how they get more business, and that's just going to help them want to do more for the gluten-free public. And, um, Aaron, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy evening. I know this is kind of the rush hour for people in the restaurant industry, but for taking time out just to chat with us and for taking a couple questions, and I really appreciate you, um, all of the work that you've done for our community throughout the years and will continue to do, and I encourage others to go to these conferences and the gig conference because they're really great and if you get a chance to meet Chef Aaron then that's a bonus too. Thanks Aaron. Sure, thank you for having me Jules. Alright, take care. Alright. Okay Aaron, thanks a bunch. Thanks, sorry about that listening. I had like seven people in my window and I'm like oh, no, that's okay. fine that says uh, live on the radio. <laughs> Do you mind? No, I, I heard people in the background of the restaurant, and um, and I heard someone singing earlier, which I I kind of chuckled at. I thought that was pretty funny. That's really? what well, a real restaurant sounds like. <laughs> so it's all good. Thank you so you much, Lydia. I really it. appreciate you, yeah, taking time to do it. Um, it's gonna be, you know, the fast thing. What is it? It was fast, like I told you. Oh yeah, no, it does. It goes fast, doesn't it? Um, but I was going to tell you that the if you go to that same link for on um, Blog Talk Radio, it will be up there as a um, podcast that you can send people the link to or download or whatever within a couple minutes, I would say. Great. Cool. All right, sweetie. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know I'm always up for doing whatever you need me to do. I know. You're awesome. Well, we need to see each other again soon. Do you need any more flour for empanadas? Um, you know what? Um, let's make sure that you get paid through the first one because it's a process. Okay. I already put all the paperwork in. And okay. once you sure you got your check, then we can order regularly and make sure you get it every, like, 30 days. Okay. Sounds good to me. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that you can get paid through all the Hilton. Oh, that would be, that'd be very nice, yeah. <laughs> Free is good, but paid is better, right? Yeah. I want to make sure you're getting paid. I don't want no hiccups. And then I'll order I'll some more. All right, sounds super. Well, hopefully we'll see each other soon. All right.
Bye. Bye. Bye.